We are used to seeing celebrations after the Super Bowl or a championship or something like that. And of course, you know, there are, besides all that confetti and stuff that falls from the top of the arena or whatever, you know, there's always someone sticking a microphone in the winner's faces, right? You know, how did you do this? What's your secret? Can you tell us, you know, and that's something that all of us kind of want to know. But you already know the answer. We already know what they're going to say. They're not just going to say, I don't know. I just woke up and I was a world champion. Obviously, they're going to say, they, they say it over and over again, it's taken hard work. Ever since I was little, day after day, I've been practicing. I've been honing this skill in, uh, in the day, at night, early in the morning, late at night. And it's not just people who are champions in an athletic event or something. That's those who have maybe found a great cure, research scientists. You know, it's, they say it's just work day after day after day, successes and failures, more failures than successes. Or someone who has accomplished a great work of art or music or something like that. I had to practice day and day, day in, day out. Well, it doesn't take a champion to know that. All of us know that. If we want to be good at something, we have to practice. We have to keep at it. We have to do it over and over and over again until what we want, that skill, that gift, that, that ability, becomes almost second nature to us. Then we don't have to think, oh, I need to play this string now. I need to do this right now. It's just it's second nature. It's part of our muscle memory because we've practiced over and over again. If we want something in the future, some great goal, then we work for it over and over again. Practice, 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 right? Well, what do we want? We Christians want, I hope, I hope we can all say, we want heaven. We want to be with God forever in heaven. That's why we were made. It says in the Catechism, God created us for eternal beatitude. Beatitude eternally is being with God in the goodness of heaven forever. We were created for heaven. We were created for eternal beatitude. That's our goal, if you will. St. Paul said, it's not that we've reached the goal yet, but with our eyes fixed on the finish line, we press on toward that goal. And so if that is our goal, and I hope it is the goal, the hope for all of us, if you don't know it, it's just look inside your heart and your soul, you are created for heaven. If that is our hope and our goal, then how shall we act now so as to receive that goal, that gift that God wants to give us, that gift of eternal beatitude. Well, after telling us about the beatitudes last week in the gospel, now Jesus gives us the methodology. Now he tells us, here's how it will come about for you. Here's how you can receive this great gift that God wants, you, wants to give to you. And how is that? Love your neighbors. Love your enemies. Love those who are bad to you. Love those who persecute you. Love even those who wish harm for you and your loved ones. Give money without respecting or demanding that it should be paid back. Forgive people, even if they're still, even if they never say they're sorry. In short, Jesus would say, be like me. If you wish to be with me forever in heaven, if you wish to be what you are called to be and made to be children of God, then act like it now. Start to become like me now so that you will, your reward will be great in heaven. And all of us say, ah, but how hard this is. I mean, Jesus said it himself, it's easy to love someone who loves us. It's easy, it's fun, it's pleasurable. If someone says, I love you, of course we're going to be like, mm, I love you too. And it's just great. That's a great feeling. But what if someone doesn't love us back? In fact, what if someone wishes us harm? How hard it is for us to still have love for them in our heart. 
No, our reaction is more, I'm going to get them back for what they did. I'm not going to love them. In fact, I hate them. I don't want anything to do with them. But Jesus challenges us, and he says, I know, it's hard, it's difficult, but if you would be my disciple, if you would be a Christian, Christ-like, a person of Christ, then you would love even your enemies, love even those who hate you. I'm sure you remember the story of the rich young man who runs up to Jesus and he wants to go to heaven. He says, Lord, what must I do to inherit everlasting life? And Jesus says, well, you know the commandments, right? Love your mother and father, do not kill, do not commit adultery, etc. And the young man, he must smile and he probably just looked really proud of himself and he said, yes, all these I have kept since my youth. I love it. It says Jesus looked at him and loved him because he knew that he was going to ask a little bit more. What he wanted to say to the rich young man is, great, but that's the minimum. You should do all those things every day anyway. But now I call you to sell what you have, leave everything behind, and follow me. Jesus calls us all to something more constantly, more love, more forgiveness, more mercy. In short, to become more and more like him on earth so that we can be with him forever in the kingdom of heaven. We get a little glimpse of what that might look like, that radical kind of love, in the first reading, in the story of Saul and David. Saul was God's anointed. He was God's king on earth. And David, though he was promised to be king later, at the time was David's military, head, of, head of the military, if you will. And David was honored to do that and happy to serve the king. That's all he ever wanted to do, but he was really good at it. So he was getting a lot of accolades and a lot of recognition. And Saul was insanely jealous because even though David worked for him and made him look good, David was getting all of the attention. So Saul made it known that he was actually, it was no secret that he would find David one day and he would kill him. His own person, his own his person in his administration because he was so jealous. And so as we heard today, David and his assistant then snuck up on Saul and there he is right there. And his assistant said, he's right there and he's asleep. He's trying to kill you, but look, God has given us this opportunity. Let's kill him right now. And then he won't kill you, obviously, because he'll be dead. And David says, but wait, how could anyone kill God's anointed and not be punished? I will do no such thing. In fact, I will forgive him. And he takes the spear, runs around to the mountain, across the valley, whatever, and in the morning yells, here's the spear. I had my opportunity and I didn't do it. Long live the king. And Saul's heart melts basically, at least temporarily. He'll come, go back to his crazy ways. But at least temporarily, and he says, David, I love you. I'm so sorry. Please come back. And David continues to serve him until the death of Saul. And then David is a great king. But it's an example for us. It seems strange. It seems unreal that, that, that David would forgive him when he had this death warrant out on his head. But instead, he forgave him and so was rewarded. We, too, are called to live like that, to forgive like that, to be merciful like that. It's not easy. It's not anything we can do on our own. But Jesus said, with you, all things, with you, things are impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. I will be with you. Come and follow me, and you will live forever. Last week, we heard about the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the lowly. Blessed are you who are persecuted. Your reward in heaven will be great one day. Now and for the rest of this chapter in, in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus is telling us exactly how we can receive that beatitude by loving others, not just those who love us back, but especially those who don't, by forgiving, 
by giving as much as we can of ourselves. In short, by losing ourselves so that God can lift us up and raise us one day in heaven. May you and I live our lives so well, not perfectly, no one's perfect, but may we live our lives so well dedicated to Christ and with his help that at the end of our life, the Lord will say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Now enter into your heavenly inheritance.